Everybody on Georgia 400 right now listening to that song, look at the person in the car next to you. They have no idea what's going on. Because <laughs> nobody else plays it. That, that, what's wrong with them? That is so powerful. This is one of those moments where, I, hey, I, I would just, could we do that chorus again? <laughs> if I could have the worship team come up. Could we do that chorus again? Bethel you know, worship. you're going to get to see them tomorrow night. Yes, yes. Bethel's going to be at the Infinite Energy Arena Tomorrow night. You know, Tickets. we could go back. I, we, between the two of us, I'm sure we left something at the influencers conference there. So we could go back to the Lost and Found, and then just be there for the worship Bethel worship night. Uh, tickets available at the Victory website, victory915.com. It's Victory Partners Day, and we want to say, well, it's Victory Partner Week. Yes. Uh, we want to say thank you to Joseph and Kathy from Bogart, Georgia. Thank they, you, Joseph and Kathy. They, they are monthly givers. At $50 a month, they called up and said, we want to increase that to a hundred dollars a month. Sweet. So, so they are a three dollar a day. They're saying, "Wow, the value here is is so great." But they, but you look at it, it's, it's three dollars. Yeah, it's three dollars a day. So, are you a three dollar a day, one dollar a day? Are you a victory partner? Are you a ministry partner, David? David just gave a, a gift from Alpharetta. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. And, and Beth in coming. Thank you. Colleen thank you. in Alpharetta. Thank you very much. The Gwinnett family. Uh, all of the, all the entire county. I, <laughs> descendants of Button Gwinnett, signer of the Declaration of Independence. That's Ugly awesome. Name Button. Tori, uh, thank you very much for your gift of thank $100 you, in ball ground. And Lynn, thank you very thank much you, for Lynn. your gift. And, get, and Deborah. Thank you so much for for just catching the vision yeah. of what we do here at Victory 91.5. I also want to th say thank you to Marlo for giving this morning, becoming a VIP member. All right. Ray is here this morning, as he would normally be for Victory Partner Days, but a kind of a special teaching slash Victory Partner Day thing with the Feast of Tabernacles ending today. Yeah, and it, it's a cool time because we get to kind of celebrate it with you, for those of you that actually are getting it and giving, because that's the whole point of the day, kind of like Joe and we were just reading, you know, he's his name's over there on that plaque. He not only was given the $50 a day, but they gave a large gift that made them equipping partners mm -hmm. uh, last you. year. Thank you, so thank you. An equipping partner is $3,000 or more. So they're like that exponential yes. VIPs. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. They just can't stop becoming VIPs. <laughs> they just, they caught that vision and they, that, that gift belongs on the greatest day of the festival. Well, we've been talking about the Feast of Tabernacles today because it's an eight-day festival. It's this month, the seventh month on the Jewish calendar. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, the first month on the calendar became the seventh month after Passover, became the first, let off uh, at the time of Moses. God changed it to the first month. Mm. But today is the end, the very end. You still get to participate mm -hmm. because this is the last day. So during the Feast of Tabernacles, we talked a good bit about some things, but now I want to break down the two traditional pieces, things that the Jews do that hold on to some really cool things. I want to kind of unpack some of the verses and things that you've probably read and heard sermons on that maybe could have meant a little bit more if you had put them in context. So we're going to put them into the feast so they make a little more sense for you. So they had a special ceremony on the Feast of Tabernacles of pouring out water and crying out God out to God to save them mm -hmm. and bless them. That's one of them. 
They also have this spectacular light show. They they still do today. They'll they'll be doing it today in not, not at Stone Mountain. No, <laughs> no, different different. It's light a little show. bit different laser okay. show over okay. there. These massive menorahs uh, they they lit up in, throughout history. All right, so this is kind of what they do. So now let's put this in context for those of us who have followed Jesus in John seven on the last and greatest day of the festival. All right, so that is, now get this, that's today. Mm -hmm. His, historically speaking, you're on that day where Jesus was walking into the festival about 2,020 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's today. So put yourself mm -hmm. there. Okay. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Mm -hmm. Now, they're pouring out water. We, we actually, when we were in Israel, we saw uh, the, the overview of the city of David in Jerusalem where they would leave the temple, the, the priest or rabbi would leave the temple, go down to the pool, and then walk back up to then give that water offering to God on the steps of the temple. Amazing. So they knew what the water offering was about. And Jesus comes, like you're sharing, and says, Imagine. Anyone who is thirsty come to me and all these priests they've been doing this for you know 1500 years and mm -hmm. suddenly a guy shows up and says hey i'm the water i'm the well i'm, <laughs> I'm the, the water. water i'm the water <laughs> i'm your huckleberry i'm the one i'm right here what are you doing over there with that pot of water whoever believes in me as scripture has said so he throws it back into the scripture uh, of the Old Testament, the very scriptures they've been they've been quoting for th for fifteen hundred years, and he says, as as you guys have been saying for fifteen hundred years, right here on this piece of pavement here, rivers of living water will flow from within them, mm -hmm. and he quotes what they've been saying for all these years. So this is the day that that happened. This is the last greatest day. All right, so. I want you to st first step as a, as a Jewish person. So they're pouring out water. You're in a culture. We've been there, so we can tell you it's very desertous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so they're pouring out one of the most precious things you can have over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, come quickly, Messiah. We trade everything for you because you are more precious. They're pouring it out, and they're pouring it out. And so they have this eight-day eight day ceremony of saying to God, you're more precious than the most precious thing we have. Mm. So in context, when Jesus does that, he's saying, really? Will you make me more precious than anything in your life? Mm. Not just pouring out water, not just a tradition, but will you look at me and see my value? Will you value me mm -hmm. as the best and the highest? Mm. Now, we're talking about, uh, he uses a phrase in there, rivers of living water. All right, so I want to unpack that for you. Back in Genesis 26, Isaac is digging the wells that were dug in the days of Abraham. The Philistines came, filled them up with rocks. And his servants, and this is in verse 19 of Genesis 26, dug in the valley. They found a well of what's called springing water there. Mm. All right, so the difference of a well and, and water and a, and a spring. The springing water is called living water. The big difference there. In Hebrew, that phrase actually means it's the same word they would use for life or living, mm -hmm. all right? So, wow. so let me help you. Uh, let's unpack this in, in, a, in, in a way that hopefully you, we can connect it to some things you've grown up listening to. 
the story of the woman at the well with Jesus. So she's a Samaritan, which means that she truly is Jewish, but she's only part Jewish. When they were carried away into exile, they mixed just like um, they had no, op they didn't have any choice. But then the Jews who were not chosen to go into captivity hated them. And mm -hmm. so they considered themselves the real Jews mm -hmm. and then treated the Samaritans as not just stepchildren, but we don't know you. Mm -hmm. So she comes to this well because we know her story. She's been married many times and there's nobody, at, there's no women at the well. She feels like it's safe. And she comes and, and she goes, oh, great. There's the one guy the one person that is going to despise me more than all the women of my okay. village, and that's a Jewish guy sitting here. Hmm. So normally there would be no conversation there. But Jesus begins a conversation, and he asks her for water. Mm -hmm. Now notice in the story, he, she never gives him water, and he never drinks any water. And right. he, Technically speaking, he couldn't anyways because it would be unclean. She would Touching it would make it unclean. Mm -hmm. So... When he said that to her, from this Feast of Tabernacle perspective, she heard a really bad insult. She was called, like, you're, you're like a dog. If, if only you weren't a dog, I could have a drink of water right now. So she's hearing all the wrong things. And he's saying, um, let's talk water. Let's talk about water. You and me, let's just talk about water a little bit. You've come to this well to, to dig in there. And so she says, well... She kind of snaps back at his comment, asking for water. Well, you don't have anything. You're a Jew. You can't. You shouldn't even be talking to me. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> you don't even have anything to get your water with. So you're in worse shape than I am, and you're mm -hmm. supposed to be better than me. So they're having this weird conversation, and then he says this this quote from this verse. He says, "You know, if you had asked, if you knew who I was, you would ask me." And I would and I would do this living water thing. I would give you living water to drink. And so she her ears pop up immediately mm -hmm. because she does have a Jewish history and mm -hmm. she knows the stories and she's she's walked through this through through generations and generations. So she knows she lives there and mm -hmm. she says, So basically he's saying, if you'd ask me, I'd show you where a spring is. Mm -hmm. And she says, There's no spring around here. Mm. So that's what the, that's what a Gentile would have heard, but they know that there's only one thing they could be talking about there. Mm -hmm. And then back in back in the days of Moses, on the journey to uh, out of Egypt, they encountered a rock that God told Moses to strike with a stick, mm -hmm. his staff, and water came out enough mm -hmm. to feed to to supply mil several million people of water. So they they that's at uh, Rephidim, and they take that rock somehow. And they carry it with them on their journey. Next happens at Meribah, and God tells Moses, talk to the rock, mm. and it'll come out again. So Moses is the first prophet ever in, in, in Scripture. So if you'll notice, when Jesus starts telling her and talking to her, he, she says, I discern you are a prophet. And it's because of the language they're using here. They're talking about this rock mm -hmm. that brings water. They're talking about the living water, the springing water. So they're going back in, in, in history, so to, so to speak, to, to kind of look back prophetically at something going on. So she knew the promises of Moses, that mm. there was somebody coming mm. that was like Moses. Mm. 
So despite all of her sin, all their failures, mm -hmm. this conversation around this feasting concept of water made her recognize that he was that Moses figure. He was that Messiah. You see, it's a weird thing. We have such power that we don't recognize. Moses certainly did. He, I would, you know, if I, you could put a top 10 list of anybody, and he's going to be up real, real high in your list. <laughs> he was probably the most amazing person that ever lived. But this encounter with the rock was his, his worst moment, unfortunately. And he was supposed to speak to the rock, but he struck it when he was supposed to speak mm -hmm. to it, right? And he said this, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? He made it all about him and not about God. And unfortunately, he, in that situation, represented Jesus. He was the Messiah figure. So what did he do? In, in his prophecy, so to speak, he condemned the Jews to rebel against the rock. Mm. He, he set the pace. When God had put him there to actually walk them into, introduce them to marrying him, to come to know him, to speak to God, and he would give them. Mm -hmm. He did the wrong thing. That's why he actually didn't get to go into the promised land. Mm -hmm. un <laughs> he did 99.9 .9 things right, but he did one thing wrong, and it was the biggest thing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And his anger kind of prophesied their response as a people to that rock. Now, in Numbers the phrase that God said to him, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, it'll pour out its water. You'll bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So what I want you to think about here is Jesus standing there mm -hmm. making his offer, Moses standing here messing up the offer, but you are in the same situation every day. We have an opportunity to speak to the rock so that water comes out, so that living water comes out, so that life comes out. Mm -hmm. It's what we call prayer. And in this sense, what happened all those years ago when Moses messed up <laughs> and that one, one bad moment of his life <laughs> when he blew it, you know, the Jews have been in a captivity for a very long time because they will not speak to the rock. They're okay with striking the rock, but they're not okay with speaking to the rock, mm. which is ironic. If mm. you if you want to see the humor of God, where will you find the Jews in Israel every day? At the wailing rock, at the wailing wall with their faces against rocks, praying. Mm. Wow. And they don't know the living stone. <laughs> they don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's not humorous, but it's ironic in its mm -hmm. humor of God mm -hmm. showing them over and over and over again, mm -hmm. speak to the rock. No, wait, it's me. It's me, the one you killed over there. So through this radio station, you know, he's provided bikes for missionaries, shoes for the needy, clothes for the poor, and a million meals for the hungry. I mean, I, it blows me away. But I truly believe that as a people, it's time for us to ask for a million souls. Wow. Mm. And I don't mean something that numbers that we count, but I mean as churches, as people, as all of us gathered together. We are, as we spent time in the in the the over this weekend at conference, we're all just one people. 
you know, we had a really neat time with a young guy who we were, went to the mall to eat, ran into uh, this young guy and came up and said, hey, we're going to be talking to people about Jesus. We just want to let you know if y'all want to join us. And uh, so we, I found him afterwards and said, what happened? And he did. He went and shared his faith mm. and uh, had this radical encounter because he just stepped out. Irwin. Yeah. Just sweet, sweet guy. In fact, is it's up, oh, no, so he's already at school. So uh, he listens in seven o'clock to eight o'clock hour every day, and he it's inspired and it's charged him. And he was just dead, and it, it's it's brought life to him. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's time, and so I just want to challenge you in your giving to this radio station, but also in your encountering this radio station. I don't think you're ever going to give unless you really begin to encounter and, and understand mm-hmm. that it's your radio station, mm-hmm. that what David says is, is your voice, and what Leanna mm-hmm. says is, is your voice. What these songs are, it's, it's your song, right? And if we don't start to pray that someone would have faith like Abraham, that would be fruitful like Sarah, mm. to find a king like David, to be a priest like Aaron or a prophet like Moses, we are going to continue to to miss out on soul after soul after soul, all right? God said to give according to uh, how he's blessed us. Well, I believe he's calling us to reach, to, to be serious about this one thing that we've got. It's great to feed a stomach. Mm-hmm. But the, but you know when you when you reach a soul, <laughs> you're there. Mm. You know the the stomach was just to, so we could tell them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're going to be hearing from mm-hmm. Steve Kasha this week too. He's delivering the last of the million meals this week as we're doing our Victory Partner Days. He's in uh, Kenya right now, and they're delivering the last of the million meals. And he's going to call in and, and give some reports of that. But he, I'm going to give you two scriptures as we wrap this up. Isaiah 26, we have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. Mm. We have not accomplished any deliverance in the earth, nor have the inhabitants of the world fallen. That is one unbelievable rebuke (laughs) that uh, Isaiah gives there. Imagine a woman uh, giving birth and no baby. Mm. Gives birth to wind. Psalm 84 said, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, or weeping, they make it a spring. Same word, living waters. The rain also covers it with pools. So God sees the spring and he says, I can do better than that. (laughs) They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So it's your choice which one of those you're going to pursue this year. But I truly, truly believe that God is calling us to begin to, as a people, especially to pray for the Jews mm-hmm. and especially to actively participate, participate in sharing our faith. It's not okay to not share our faith. That's right. That's right. This year, you know, we had this, uh, just to give you a little into the conference, what was really special. I love the prophetic anyways. And as uh, Dr. Maiden was wrapping up his last message, she said, all right, everybody, it's time for you to prophesy. I want you to find somebody. I want you to pray for them. Just ask God and, and prophesy over them. Well, that's something we've done a lot through the years, right? So um, me and Kelly both had a, had, there was a husband and wife in front of us and for, from Australia. So uh, Kelly went to the wife and I went to the husband. And we talked for a minute. And, you know, I, I laid my hand on his shoulder 
you know, I'm thinking he's praying for me first and prophesying in, and he pegged it. And I'm going, God, I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I said, God, would you, as I always do, God, would you just, because he says he'll put his word on our lips, not on our hearts, not on our heads, just on our lips. You don't have to know what you're going to say. You don't have to have any of those things. And after he had just so profoundly prophesied over me and spoken to my life, I did the same thing. And he went and grabbed his phone. He said, I got to write that down. That's exactly what God is saying to me. Mm. And so it was a moment that both of us had nothing to do with what happened, mm. except that we opened our mouths. Wow. And, and you like know the what? The Spirit of God moved. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the funny part. So in me, recently, more and more and more, God has been saying, you know, talk to people, go out. There was this little encounter. I went to Lowe's, and I was a little sick that day. But this lady, she was just hobbling along. And my first thought was, you ought to just go pray, encourage her, and just pray for her. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel good, so I didn't. And so, but God went, hmm. And he kept doing that. And that was what that guy prayed over his prophecy over me is this is what God is saying. The very thing he'd been saying over and over and over and over. You've got to go do this because this was your normal life before. Why? Why are you letting that lady walk past you like that? Do you, mm. Did you know everything in her soul that she didn't need prayed for just because mm. you felt bad? And so this passion that you're going to start hearing from us more and more and more this year is to compel you because we cannot feed a million meals. We cannot gather 148,000 shoes. We cannot gather 140,000 pounds of shoes. This, this radio station, we just can't do that. We would be here all day, all year for the next 20 years. But together, me, you, and all of us together, all the churches as a people, we didn't, it didn't even break a sweat. Mm -hmm. We did the impossible. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I believe we can do a million souls. Mm -hmm. And imagine... Imagine where those million come from. Let's say it just came from North Georgia. Okay? That's 20% of North Georgia. 20% of the greater Atlanta area. You think that would change a city? Do you think mm -hmm. Do you think 20% coming to know Jesus would change a city? Yep. They say if, and this is what Tim Keller says all the time, if I got 10% of New York City, it would change the world. The world. <laughs> It would change the world, and that's his passion for the city of New York. So we're expecting, and it's not crazy. That's right. As I said before, Cubs are in the World Series. Any, any, <laughs> any, anything can happen. Okay, so here, here's the deal. We want to thank Karen incoming, mm -hmm. Charles and Grayson, Simon incoming, Thomas in Dallas, wow. Elizabeth and Decula, Jerome and Judy in Commerce, Clayton and Pen Penelope in Gainesville. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for your gift to Victory 91.5. We're asking for a dollar a day to become a ministry partner, $3 a day to be a Victory partner. We are expecting of a 1,000 brand-new partners this week. Mm -hmm. Will you be one right now? And we just talked for quite a bit. But you're not going to get that anywhere else. You're not right. going to get that inspiration anywhere else. And we're going to get back. We're going to play a couple of songs here. Carrie Job is coming up. Gateway Worship with Elena Moore, one of our favorite new songs, is coming up. 770-781-9150. Leanne and I are here to answer your calls. Yes. There are more people upstairs to answer your calls. Third one gets pickles. I don't know how that <laughs> happens, but third, one's, third one gets to talk to Pickles the Chihuahua. 770-781-9150. We're not doing this so we can say, oh, well, we get to pay the light bill this week. No, we're doing this so we can do what God has called us to, mm -hmm. and that's a million souls. I'm Kevin Herbert of...